Hey friends, this is Shadima, also known as the Type A Hippie, and this is the Type A Hippie Podcast, Cheekast episode 92, and I'm on with a star. Uh, her name is Elena Brower, and I reached out to her because she just has all this amazing stuff that she puts out to the community, um, teachings and things about essential oils, which you all know I love, and so I reached out, and it just kind of worked out, and so Elena, welcome to the podcast. I'm really glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure is mine. Totally. So tell us briefly before we kind of get into all the things, um, a little bit about yourself. I am Jonah's mom. That is my biggest claim to fame. Awesome. I am a teacher of yoga and meditation for almost 20 years. I am an author, recently bestseller. My second book became a bestseller pretty good. Awesome. And fun and unexpected. And what's um, the title of that book? It's called Practice You. Practice you? Okay, perfect. And what's fun about it is it's being used in curricula all over the world for uh, people of all ages. But <clears throat> really interestingly, uh, teenage girls are finding great benefit including uh, all, you know, regular kids, juvenile detention centers, uh, recovery. I, I cannot tell you what an honor it's been to watch how this thing became something of its own. Um, and then I, I, I don't know what's most important, so I won't say most importantly, but I have a team of almost 13,000 people now with doTERRA and we are a presidential diamond team. We are all over the world, dozens of countries, and creating the conditions for a healthcare revolution with essential oils. And I do think that my most important work as a mom, but to look around me on a day-to-day -day basis and watch how this team has grown and how so many of the women are working their way out of debt and teaching their kids about oils and avoiding, uh, you know, courses of antibiotics and avoiding toxic pharmaceutical mood-altering drugs. That's, I'm quite proud of that. And uh, I love talking about that too. Yeah, I love that. And so friends that are listening, um, just to clarify, we support people here. Um, and so I love what you were saying about empowerment and the teaching that happens with essential oils and yeah. how your team kind of has had a ripple effect all across the globe. Uh, so there's no judgment. We're just sharing, you know, on lived experience. Um, okay. So I wanted you to come on because there's so many things about you that are admirable and inspiring and, um, Let's talk a little bit more about Practice You and kind of the inspiration behind that and whether or not you thought it would kind of spill out into the lives of so many people when you were first put pen to paper or fingertips to keyboard maybe. No, it was pen to paper. Oh, awesome. My mom passed away and that was that summer, just before the summer started, my publisher called me and said he would love to see me try my hand at a journal. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. I know exactly who I'll have illustrated. And I was really excited. Like, okay, I'm going to have uh, Kim Kranz, who did the Wild Unknown Tarot 
deck to illustrate it. And I was really excited. And then my editor, my publisher was like, nope, no deal unless you do the art. I've seen mm. you making art and no deal. So I had to wrap my mind around that. And I began working on it in that during that summer. And like I said, my mom had died in January of that year. And she was my biggest, most ardent supporter regarding art making. So I woke up every morning at like five in the morning and I would just sit here and watercolor fields of color and paint. And all of a sudden this thing started to take shape. And every page has some sort of prompt on it most pages have prompts on it that uh, prompts on them that will lead you to just explore yourself explore how you can be your highest uh self in what you're doing and i figured you know this is going to be awesome we need this you know my peers and i we need this it'll be so beautiful and so um moving and profound and like the way into what I thought at the time was self-care. I've since redefined it, which we'll get to, remind me. And it ended up being this very playful, very colorful, almost childlike, but uh, utterly also adult um, journal that I'm, I'm surprised and not surprised because as I was making it, I could feel the swell of interest and um input from everyone else that would in the future work on this book and with this book self-care i've now redefined i think it's important in this part too mm -hmm. um, it's so not the bubble bath although taking a bath is a really good idea it's so not the you know let me just take another hour off for yoga nidra that I do. And it's very important, but that's not even self-care. Self-care is so prior to the act. Self-care is reconfiguring your schedule to include such things. Self-care is making sure that your body has time to um, convalesce after a day. Sure. Um, self-care is, Budgeting, and I read this beautiful post by, by Brianna Wiest that touched me greatly, and it included many of these things. Um, looking at your budget, you know, with scrutiny and care, it's making sure that you're taking care of the people in your household as well as you're taking care of the stranger whom you wish to impress. You know, that's right. That's self care. So that said, this book covers those bases pretty well. Awesome. So I just purchased it. Oh, you don't have to do that. Dude. <laughs> well, I you one, you silly. Well, no, I just did it because this favorite. is so timely. Um, mm. Well, if you send me one, I'll pay it forward. How about that? But you um, give me your address and I'll take care totally. of it. Totally. Thank you. And so I'm sorry for the loss of your mother. Um, it sounds like she was a wonderful person. And yeah, it's it's good to kind of um, redefine or kind of go backwards to go forwards in terms of what self-care is yeah. um, so that people are able to do a better job of it because from what I gather in my own experience and I'm sure with yours if you when I self-care those I'm better <laughs> for it those around me are better <laughs> for me <laughs> self-caring right, right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about 
And probably self-care to you, based on your definition that you shared with us, probably includes kind of eliminating some things that no longer serve you, which creates space for other things. You know, um, your publisher came to you and you had an idea and you had the wherewithal and insight to move out of your own way to participate in this book in a different manner than you had suspected originally. You thought you had an artist and the artist was actually you. So um, I know that I've read a lot about you and one of the things that um, is poignant is that you are a recovery advocate and eliminated alcohol, I believe, at, at a minimum, maybe other things from your life. And what kind of, how did that come to be? If you watch at the bottom of my email, there's a, um, a link to a video called The Ritual of Recovery. That would be really good for you to watch. I was actually, my addiction was marijuana. And, okay. you know, so many people say, oh, it's not addictive, no problems. But I had a problem with it. Sure. And I was, I loved it. It was, to my understanding at the time, helping me to be more creative and all these things. And it was, you know an enhancement to turn that it wasn't actually um, everything has gotten better since I let that go. And that was almost four years ago. And that was the best thing I ever did for myself, honestly. That's and awesome. I don't, you know, I'm not on a pulpit preaching that everybody should get clean and sober. I just love it. And I think it's a fucking great idea. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Part of my French. It just works for me, you know? We swear on this podcast. Oh, we, we keep do. we keep it a hundred percent real, friends. So yeah, no, we we just show up as we are, right? And we create space, space right. of grace. Right. So you were talking about budgeting, and that could be um, self care. You know, mm-hmm. sleeping, all this, taking a walk. Mm-hmm. What um, are some of the things that have been um, really um, important in terms of money and your thoughts of money and how they've changed and what maybe led to that place for you? I actually used for, for the past eight years, I've been working with Handel group to H A N D E L group.com to, uh, redesign my relationship to every area of my life. It's helped immeasurably, of course, as has uh, Handel client Kate Northrup's book, Money, a Love Story. She was a Handel client too. You know, the truth is we all have this very interesting relationship to money based on whatever your first memory of money happens to be. If you're listening to this, really think back. You're a little kid. What's your first memory of money? That memory for me was my mom. <clears throat> the back of her actually sitting at the dining room table, which was never really a dining room table. It was her desk, you know, crunching numbers on a, uh, an adding machine. This is like the seventies, not a calculator, not a smartphone and <laughs> not even digital. And she, you know, you could feel her as her child, of course, as you can feel with your own children or your own parents. You can feel her. I could feel her frustration. I could feel her anxiety. I could feel the fact that she really did not want to be doing that after working one or two jobs that day and being gone for most of the day. I was letting myself in. You know, that was that whole period of time where kids were not disappearing and there was no 
worry. You know, you didn't have to worry about your children. Um, she just wanted to hang out with us and she was there kind of dealing. There was never enough. And when there was money, it was spent. Um, we had some good times and we definitely had, were comfortable for sure. But it was, there was a frivolousness about how it was spent. And both my parents were in some way responsible for this. And I don't, my, you know, bless them both. They're so, both of them as an adult turned out to be, um, you know, two of my favorite people. It was not, there's no blame here. But that's my memory. So money equals anxiety. Money mm -hmm. equals fear. Money equals problems. Money equals I can't do what I want to do. Money equals let's throw it away fast when it comes in. You know, let's just go spend it and be frivolous with it. So to me, when I was an adult and I started to, you know, have my own money, which is all built by me, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't uh, get any money from anywhere. I worked for it. Um, I found myself getting money and then spending it immediately. Like couldn't hang on to it. Was not a part of the plan. Was not a part of the uh, impression in my psyche that money had made. Slowly, I'm now 47 and I have learned a great deal about the value of money as energy. It's just energy. And if you are an open channel for energy, let it in, let it out you have an abundance flowing through you. And just like with anything, your health, when you, <clears throat> for example, when you rest and you sleep at night and you wake up and you're feeling very refreshed, the metaphor I feel in money land is when you put your money away and you save it, a good portion of it, it becomes a great, uh, a great value and a great tool. If you furthermore know how to let it in and let it out, and by that I mean give it, you know, don't just keep all of it for yourself. Really design how much of it you're giving away if you have enough. Even if you don't have enough, give a dollar a month, give $5 a month, plan on building that up. You will see that more will come. And so I've just developed a relationship to money that I'm an open channel for it. It comes it goes, it gets saved, I'm on it, it's beautiful, and it's not a problem, and it's not a source of anxiety anymore. And, you know, I was able to start to put, I have a, I got divorced when my son was three, two and a half, three years old, three and a half, I forget. His daddy and I are best, best friends. We really have worked so hard mm -hmm. to be cool, and I was able to redirect, it was a, uh, child support, I was able to redirect child support to Jonah's, my son's college fund because I've worked so hard to make the money that I'm making. That's fun. You know, I'm really proud of that. I'm really, um, I'm impressed that the intention can really lead to an absolute manifestation of true abundance and it's not, I don't need to make a big deal out of it. You know what I mean? It's just what's happening. So you've said the word abundance a lot. And we know the emotional healing. Uh, one of my favorite oils is wild orange, and it's the oil of abundance. 
Mm. I could probably stand to use it a little bit more, <laughs> more Make regularly. Make a little oil with it. It's actually a really great. Yeah. Nadine Artemis has a nice book called Renegade Beauty. <clears throat> she has a breast recipe with wild orange or orange oil, um, 10 mLs, uh, 10 drops of frankincense, 10 drops of laurel. doTERRA doesn't make laurel, but I get it from elsewhere. Okay. Hopefully they will soon. And make it happen. Make it happen. Right. I, I did ask. I put in the ask this year. Okay, good. But let's see. And um, yeah, it's it ends up being a really nice way to keep fibrocystic breasts in check. Um, the lime well, good to know. orange oil is a an incredible support system for breast tissue. Limonene. So oils, what drew you in to oils in general? I mean, you can talk about doTERRA if you want. We both uh, love doTERRA oils. And what has kept you with the oils? Well, they're the same and different. What drew me in initially was the obvious shift in my demeanor when I got near an essential oil. That was 20 years ago, by the way. Um, the manager of my yoga studio at the time, that studio no longer exists, but she came with uh, some young living. She came with, I think, joy. Might have been the first thing I ever smelled or something like this. And it was like, mm -hmm. what is that? Totally. I've since figured out how to make it. Um, I have a little bottle of it. I figured out how to make joy with doTERRA oils. I have the recipe. Okay. Awesome. I'll be emailing you. Faux show. And from there, I learned how to use frankincense and geranium on my skin and valor on my feet, you know, the basics. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until five years ago that I actually joined doTERRA hesitantly, thinking I'm never going to do the business, but I actually really love these oils. I also love the packaging. I was really into the marketing aspect. Yeah, really definitely. Uh, creating community and information, sharing information online. And so, voila, I joined, but it wasn't until a couple of years later that I was finally like, I really need to be making some real money here. I'm not, I'm a yoga teacher at the top of my game and traveling too much, working too hard and not, I'm not feeling what I should be feeling at the age of 40, whatever, too, financially. And I'm certainly not seeing it in the facts of my financials. <laughs> right. What does the bottom line say? Right. <laughs> Hello. So I, I finally said to my mentor, my, the, the gal who was my uh, enroller, my upline, I mm -hmm. said, what, what, tell me exactly what's going on. And I've told the story many times, but she reported that she was making, I don't know, somewhere between 12 and 14 or 16. And I was like, Oh, cool. hundred a month. And she's like, no thousand. Right. You know, and I was like, wow, that's tremendous. That's, what do I do? She was like, you just have to teach. You know, you just have to teach and serve and, and teach. And so I started doing that. And she had previously taken a lot of my interested people from posts on Instagram that I'd done and started arranging a team for me. Um, so I had a good bedrock, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't enormous. And we started to run. And this is three years later, we're a presidential diamond team, and I, I have never been so happy to work in my life. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was talking to my former partner, and I was telling him, I was like, oh, yeah, 
I mean, on average, what the numbers say is like diamonds make, you know, about $17,000 a year. And he was like, oh, but and then I was like, wait, did I say year? <laughs> I meant a month. And he was like, what? <laughs> With oils? And I was like, that's a, that's a high yes. number for, that's a diamond who's been a diamond for a while. Gotcha. Okay. The numbers online inflated a little bit. Okay. No, but they're very inflated. They say presidential diamonds are making a million dollars a year. That's only the case if you've been presidential for a couple of years. Sure. I'm a very lean new presidential team. I'm definitely not making that money. But you're making good money. It's great. I will not complain ever. But it, you know, there, there's a, there's a, there's a little bit of a skew there that has to be acknowledged because what you Google online, if you Google presidential diamond doTERRA, you know, it's, it's got some astronomical number that is just not the case. I'm not making six figures a month. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. I see what you're saying. That's simply not the case. That won't be the case for probably a couple of years. Yeah. Well, and you know, something that struck me that your mentor shared was to teach and serve, you know? Yeah. And it it. seems like that has been kind of your model anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Within within doTERRA and without it. Um, And so that's definitely a lesson for me and anyone who's listening to, I mean, when I move out of the way, the divine is able to do great work within me and through me. Um, Mm. But Mm. sometimes I get stuck in my own way, right? And Mm. it kind of goes back to what we started talking about as self-care. And so sometimes the self-care is for me to shut the you-know-what up. (laughs) What? Right? Just don't. (laughs) You know, step aside. Um, And sometimes it's to use my, you know, my voice or platform or the opportunity to speak up, speak out against certain things or encourage other things, encourage people, you know, teach and serve. So it's a good reminder. Yep. That's so, the way. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's always the way. And it, it turns out that, that I learned that through this business. I've done a lot of personal development work through this business. And I found that that's actually the way in any business. Mm-hmm really makes a huge difference. If you've just come at it from that perspective, you know, all of the best teachers, uh, the, the people who have sort of, let's say the largest followings, these folks are teaching and serving. They're giving a lot of free content. They are taking care of their tribe. That's right. They're not just out there taking from yeah. their tribe. Yeah, that's true. So last words, and I would probably, this is what I do, Elena, to get people back on. I'm like, will you come back on when we're recording? So then they're like, yes. And I'm like, sweet. Okay. I did that for the listeners, right? Um, So yeah, I would definitely love to chat with you more. I know that we're winding down with our time. Mm. What is something that is really important for people to hear? Something that maybe they hadn't heard before or considered um or even a story that you would like to share but what's something that we need to know you know i am a big fan of seth godin and something he said recently really struck me and will help me with my team and my community which is don't just give people advice if they're asking Because a lot of, if you're listening to this, you're probably somebody to whom people come for advice. If you've taken the time to tune in here. Sure. So 
rather than giving people advice and sort of putting a period at the end of the sentence and saying, okay, this is, you know, that's what I think. Why not ask more questions and get them into action? You know, if you're leading yourself, leading your dog or leading your community, ask more questions and find ways to get people into action rather than tell them what to do. Let them figure it out. Let them suss out what's the next best step in their, you know, dharmic journey. And that's a great help to people. That's like what we all should have been empowered to do as kindergarten kids. I feel. That's true. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, It's been a joy to spend time with you here. And we'll do it again sometime soon. Agreed. So friends, thanks for the love and support as usual. I always like hearing from you, hearing new ideas, people you would like me to speak with, um, people that we can learn from. If you want to support this podcast, um, you can at patreon.com forward slash the type A hippie. And here is a story from Humans of New York. Appears to be a young lady in Sydney, Australia. And she writes, I'm doing a review of last year. I'm looking at all the goals I set and whether I managed to achieve them. A big one for me was that I finally managed to get my driver's license. It's a little embarrassing because I'm well past that age, but I've always been terrified of driving. So I signed up for some lessons. I studied hard. I took extremely meticulous notes. Then I went to the testing center with my driving instructor. They assigned me a real hard-faced guy from Eastern Europe. My instructor told me this guy fails everyone. So I started off pretty nervous. I messed up almost immediately and made a rolling stop. I'm pretty sure I stopped completely, but apparently it was a rolling stop. The test seemed to go on forever. I couldn't charm the guy. I tried to make conversation, but he was silent the entire time. Then after we finished, he made me sit outside his office for an eternity. But finally, he came out and told me that I'd passed. It was such a relief. I haven't driven since. (laughs) She passed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she made it and she hasn't driven since right so that's super funny right hopefully she gets to driving so she can incorporate what she's learned all right so thank you again for being here welcome um, thanks for having me absolutely i honor the place within you where the entire universe resides I honor the place within you of love, of light, of truth, of peace. I honor the place within you where when you are in that place in you and I'm in that place in me, there is only one of us. So have a gratitude-filled rest of your day and week, friends. Until next time, my name is Chidima, also known as the Type A Hippie. This is the Type A Hippie podcast. She casts episode 92. Namaste. Namaste.